0: Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. The Lord is that He allows you to have Holy Ghost interruptions. How many love Holy Ghost interruptions? Right? You're doing something, the Holy Spirit interrupts you. Just for this one Sunday, I'm going to continue my series that I've been in. It'll probably take me a whole year to, to finish it, but um, I'm going to continue it next week. But today, um, I really have a prophetic. Um, Message that honesty has. I want to be just up front. Has nothing to do with Mother's Day. Glory to God. Um, I don't. I don't formulate uh, my my sermons based on a holiday. I want to formulate my messages based on "Thus saith the Lord." Come on, Amen. It'll, it definitely applies to everyone. But I um, I've been praying about something, um, and I, every time I've been praying, I you know I. I I keep thinking of Ezekiel, like Ezekiel comes out of my mouth and when I when I pray and when I when I uh, just share, I just find myself just thinking about Ezekiel so I went the uh, last week, and I went and I started studying uh, just the famous scriptures that we think are famous. But I want to d- dig deeper today uh, because I want to talk about the valley season of uh, our nation, of our world. Because whether we know it or not, we need to understand the season that we're in as a nation and the season that we're in as a body of Christ. And uh, I titled this message, "What is in your valley?" Because there's mountaintop experiences which we all can serve God very easily when we're on the mountaintop. Come on, say amen. When you got money in your bank, when the presence of God is always on you, when you're walking in the glory cloud and you went to the third heaven and you're opening the scripture and God spoke to you, your names on there, and your name's Peter, and you open the scripture and it says M Peter, <laughs> right? All those times it's easy to walk when you are in the mountaintop. But if we discern the season rightly, the world is in a valley season. Doesn't mean it's in a defeated season. I'm gonna prove it to you. I'm gonna read the very famous scripture, but I don't want you to tune out. Tune me out just because you've heard it. Because we've made Ezekiel 37 all about dry bones. And it is about bones. But that's actually the third thing that God revealed to Ezekiel when he took him to the valley. See, you don't know this because all we think about, them bones, them bones, them dry bones, them bones. You don't even know. See, some of you guys are too young. Like, what did he talk about, mom? We only talk about Ezekiel's dry bones, which I will talk about the significance of that. But before he showed him dry bones. I want to, see, I want, I want to show you the, the principles of, of this scripture. So if we could go before the Lord. Are you ready to receive? This is more of a prophetic word for, I, I believe, the body of Christ for our nation and for the world of where we're at the season. Everybody say the season of where we're at. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would reveal yourself to us, that you would release your anointing, that you would release your presence in the mighty name of Jesus, speak to us this morning in a powerful way and help us to embrace your word in Jesus name and everyone said amen get your bibles or your smartphone out and let's turn to ezekiel 37 we're going to read from 1 through 14 in the nlt how many love the word amen so i want i want you to really pay attention with prophetic ears today because i believe god is going to speak to you and those of you who are here pay attention those of you who are left Repent and come back in Jesus' name. Those of you leaving your house, come back and hear the word of the Lord. You're not too mighty. Come on, amen, that's right. You're not too mighty to hear the word of the God. So come and listen, all right? Ezekiel 37, verse 1 through 14, it says this. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit. This is a vision of the Lord. Um, By the Spirit of the Lord to a valley. Everybody say A valley. So notice, that's the first thing that God showed him. He didn't show, we, we've been trained to think that all he showed him was dry bones. No, he showed him a valley first. All right? He led me, verse 2, all, uh, he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. There they were scattered. Everybody say scattered. Notice in chronological order. We even haven't even got to dry bones yet. He first shows them a valley, and then he shows them scattered bones The bones were scattered. I'm going to explain what that means prophetically, all right? They were scattered everywhere across the ground and they were completely dried out. Hmm. Then he asked me, "Son of man, can these bones become living people again?" I find that when God asks us a question, he's not trying to find out the answer. I find is he's trying to get us to see what he already believes. Oh, sovereign Lord, Ezekiel said, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then the Lord spoke to me, speak. Everybody say speak. speak. Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says, look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you, and you will come to life. God is speaking this to Ezekiel to speak to the bones. It's like a prophetic act. And you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord, verse 7. So Ezekiel said, I spoke this message just as the Lord told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together. Everybody say together. Everybody say came together. One more time. Came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Verse 8, then I, as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then the skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Boy, that, I could preach on that for a minute. You could have the form of godliness but deny the power. You could have the form of Christianity and still not walk in victory. There there was a skeleton and muscles and tissue but no breath in them, no spirit in them. A lot of Christians that come together but they don't have the spirit of God. Let me just continue. Verse 9. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, I'll be quick. Son of man, speak a prophetic message and say that this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breath into these d- breathe into these dead bodies, so they may live. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. Uh, in verse, verse 11, even though I, I gave the team verse 14. Look at this. I'll, I'll stop at verse 12. Verse 11 says, these bones, now he's given the interpretation. The Lord says, these bones represent the people of Israel. Say these bones represent the people of Israel. Every time you see the phrase people of Israel or the children of, of, of Israel is symbolic of our day and time of the church. Do you hear me? So whenever you see in the Old Testament the children of Israel, that is a prophetic symbolism and a a parallel to the people of God, the body of Christ now. So God told Israel, what you are seeing, let me interpret it for you. These bones are the people of God. These bones are the people of God. Watch this. And they are saying, oh my God, my God, we have become old, dry bones and all hope is gone. This is what my church is saying. That's what he's saying. My church, my people are saying. They're so hopeless. They're in this valley and they are saying, all hope is gone. We're dried out. It's too late. He goes, "Those." that's why I brought you to this valley to see. Now watch this. Our nation is finished. Our nation is. Is finished. I know some of you have a powerful uh, 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 a burden for our nation, and you have felt that sorrow for our nation because of what is happening in our nation. And then verse 12 says, Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O oh my people, I will open up your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. I, I, look at me. Look at me. Ezekiel is, sorry, the, the Lord is coming to Ezekiel in a time of great sorrow in his nation. Great disappointment in his nation, in the nation of Israel. God is coming to Ezekiel in a time of hopelessness because, because Ezekiel, he was speaking a message primarily to the uh, to a a broken remnant of Judah that was an exile from Israel to the to Babylon. So in this time they were in the Babylonian captivity. You know what exile is? It's forcing you from what you're doing into a completely different culture and it's against God's ways in this in this way. All right? The, so, the, so, so Ezekiel comes, sorry, the Lord comes on the scene in a very hopeless time for the people of God. Can I hear an amen? And it's, it's funny because sometimes God's prophetic utterance to our nation and to our lives comes in a time when we don't really want to hear it anymore. When we're tired of hearing the prophetic words or we're just too hurt to receive them. It's like it is hopeless. Look at our nation. We are dried out. We're scattered. And I want you to know that Ezekiel, although he was a prophet, he actually had to live in this condition too. He wasn't exempt from this exile process. And so you have to realize that there has to be people in the body of Christ in the midst of what's happening in our nation that are willing to hear the word of the Lord for the now and for their lives. Because if not, there will be great despair in the church and in our nation. Listen, the government is not the answer for our nation. It's the people of God. The church is the light and the salt of the world. And I have to tell you something because I want to talk today, this morning, some prophetic phrases of the valley of the bones that Ezekiel saw. And I want to bring up a, a couple of phrases and phases about how that applies to our life and our nation. Listen, here's what the, what the valley represents. Here's the first slide. The valley represents the season. Everybody say the season. That the people of Israel are in. In other words, it represents the season of the body of Christ and our nation. The valley is the current season of ourselves or our nation. God took Ezekiel and he says, I want you to see something. And this is the season. Everybody say season. Because we have mountain seasons and we have valley seasons. God first showed Ezekiel, not bones. He first showed Ezekiel a valley. And a valley is talking about the season. Why? Because a valley speaks of the low seasons of our lives. Listen, everyone in here could probably serve God really well when you're on the mountaintop. When you are on the mountaintop of your life, and everything is joyful in your life, and the presence of God is rich. And listen, and you're having all these great encounters with God. It is pretty easy. Your marriage is great. There's no problems with your kids. Your kids are perfect. They're not rebellious. They all want to go to church. They wake up earlier than you. They read their Bible. Amen. They're staying out of trouble. And, and you're just, you know, skippity-doo-dah, skippity You know, you're, you're just, everything is good. It is so easy to follow the Lord on a mountaintop. But the valley is talking about the current season of the people of Israel, but prophetically, it's talking about the current season of America, of the world, and the body of Christ. You say, "Oh, uh, those who know me, I'm not a doom and gloom type of preacher. But let me tell you this. We are living in a valley season in the world. How do I know that? Because it's getting more darker. The pressure is getting stronger. When you have a pastor in a Canada that just yesterday was pulled out of a congregation, doing nothing wrong, preaching the gospel, and on the streets, get on his knees, and And got arrested for for having church service. That is a valley season that we are in. When you and I can't even go anywhere without being persecuted uh, of of certain things that happen. We can't even breathe fresh air sometimes. I'm not against whether you have mask or not. What I'm saying is we are in a valley. We have been in a valley and God is not leaving us in a valley. Why do I say that? Because valley seasons are low seasons of our lives. Now, just not just in our nation in the world, but in our personal life. I, I, I want to say this. In, in order for, for us to truly see change in our nation, the Lord sometimes has to reveal the hard truth of the season that we're in. In order, listen to me, I'm gonna give you something. In order for us to see change in our nation, we have to reveal the season that we're in. Because if we are not revealed the season that we're in, we will just do business as usual and just keep being passive and not make any changes according to the season that we're in. There's, listen, I, I, I've spoken to ministers, I've spoken to ministers, and we're all speaking together, and we're saying, what are, are are the shifts that you are doing in your ministry based on the season that we're in? If we don't discern the season, we'll just keep going like everything is usual. And and, and listen, the Bible says there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. We must understand seasons. Everybody say seasons. Do you know that the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3, there's a season to be silent, but there's a season to speak up. It actually says that there's a season to be quiet, and then there's a season to be loud. There's a season for war, there's a season for peace, there's a season for, 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 for death, there's a season to be born. At, at, listen, now more than ever, we as the body of Christ need to discern the season and we need to, watch this, be vocal about what we see so we can see the change. We can no longer allow passive Christianity to dominate our lives. If you love God and you love your nation, listen, it's not being rebellious if you stand up for truth. L- listen to me. Watch this statement. There is a fine line between revenge and justice. In other words, if you're trying to seek revenge because that person did something wrong to you and you're trying to plan to hurt them, that's wrong. But if you're standing up for justice to those that don't know what justice looks like, it will look like carnality and revenge, and it's not. Justice is not passivity and letting everyone and everything just pile up on you. Justice is saying, I will not allow abortions to go and and not me say something about it. I'm just not going to be passive about it. I'm not going to allow this poverty that I see in my streets and not do something about it. Do you know, here's a revelation, only those who know the times and seasons will actually do something about the season. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give it to scripture now. I'm going to give you scripture. Only those who know the times and seasons of our nation, of our lives, of our current lives, of the body of Christ, will actually do something about it. You say, "Where is that in Scripture?" The Bible says that when David was, David was formulating his army at Hebron, there were so many people. Thank you, Flag, for that. Amen. There were so many people. Watch this: that were gathered together in, to to formulate an army. And guess what one of those people were the sons of Issachar. Were the sons of Issachar were gathered together at Hebron with many hundreds of people, right, to join David's army. But out of all the people of David's army, there's a very specific clue about these sons. There's a very, watch this, there's a very specific clue in scripture that described the sons of Issachar and what the purpose was of them knowing the times and season, right? They knew the times and season, okay, great, big deal. Great, big deal. I know the times and season that we're in. But only those who know the times and season will have the fuel from God to do something about it. If not, if not, if not, you'll be deceived that everything is okay. Well, I don't got to do anything. I just got to keep. Listen, listen, I'm shifting my messages because I know the season is here. Do you understand that? You understand, I just can't be as business as usual and be like, okay, you know, I'll I'll just keep, no, no, no. I'll, I'll say what the Lord is saying, but we've got to address the season that we're in. Not just as our nation, watch this, in your own personal walk, what season are you in? Many of you, you're in a valley season and you just keep on trucking like nothing is happening. And you're waiting for change to happen and it's not going to happen unless you address the season. Watch this. 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32 in the New King James. Watch this. 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. Are you with me? Are you with me? Listen to this. This is more a prophetic message. Watch this. Watch this. Of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times or seasons, right, to know what Israel ought to do. Let, let, let me, let me, let me. Go, go back to verse 31. He, he's, describing, he's describing the, the, the army of, of Israel. Uh, it's half the tribe of Manasseh, 18,000, who were designated by a name to come to and make, make David king. Now, the, now the, verse 32, part of his army was the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the seasons. Wow. Now watch this. What was the reason for their understanding of the seasons? Watch this. To know what Israel ought to do. Do you, do you see that? The people who have understanding of the season will know what to do. The valley season represents the low seasons of our lives. Now, this is not a Debbie Downer. I just want to hear me for a second. We've got to address, are we in a valley, not just in a nation, in the world, but are we in a valley for a long time in our personal walk with God? What is valley season in our lives? A wayward child that you've been praying for for years and they're still not saved. It's a valley season. It's a low point. Is a constant perpetual uh, disappointment and hurt. That's a valley season. That's a valley season, right? How about a a season of repeated broken promises? You've been wanting the, the promises of God to come in your life and the promises are not coming. That's a low season. Listen, that's a low season. Hurt and pain has been a constant reality. These are valley seasons. If we don't understand the seasons of the valley that we're in, it could derail us and eat us up. If you've, been, if you've been in a valley for a long time and you don't understand that this is a season to do something about that valley, listen, 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 it will eat you up. I think sometimes it eats us up because we don't know that this is a season that we're in. God came to Ezekiel and says, "I want to show you the season of Israel at this season at this time. He says, "They're in a valley." The good news is I'm not going to leave them in a the valley, but this is where they're at right now. Why, why would God come to Ezekiel and show them that? To prove how spiritual he is? To prove and say, hey, listen, <laughs> God just came to me and showed me a, a great valley. Praise God. He goes, no. He goes, I have instruction for you for the people that are in the valley. I want you to speak a prophetic word over them. When God shows us a season, especially if it's a valley season, he doesn't want us to stay in that valley season. But there's a purpose for the valley. The purpose of the valley is growth, but the other purpose for the enemy is that it's a place that you could get your heart hardened quick, quickly, and offended at God at the valley season. Because it's in the valley, guys, where God shows us our hearts. It really is. And so uh, uh, to me, Uh, I I was reading about this and before I go to the other segment is I started thinking about Jesus because there was a mountaintop experience and there was a valley experience all in one story. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus was on the mountain. Actually, he went to the physical mountain actually went really high on a physical mountain. Watch this. And this is where all of us want to be right here in this room. We want to be in this experiential realm all the time. And I pray that that does happen, but that's not a reality. Guess what happened when they went to the mountaintop? Just like I said, all of a sudden, Peter, James, and John, Jesus said, come up here, boys, to the mountain. Where there is no valley, we're going to be real high. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that the glory of God, he transfigured brighter than the sun. Right, and, and, and not only that, they're like, oh my gosh, what an experience. The glory of God. And now Moses and Elijah show up at the same time. Oh, Moses and Elijah's here. Oh, I'm in the third heaven. And, and the glory of God is there. And, the you know, mountaintop experiences are like the, 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 the supernatural encounter seasons that we have with God. Right? Have you ever talked to somebody that's had an encounter with God? They're not low. They're high. Their expectations are high. I just, I just got, I mean, God went into my room. I was praying and Jesus stood in my room. When you have an encounter with God and, and the living God and the glory of God, you're not going to be passive about that. It's a beautiful experience. But how many know that sooner or later you're going to have to come down that mountain? I think the disappointment, the disappointment. In the body of Christ, is that we don't take an opportunity to refuel on these mountaintop experiences and we get disappointed when we have to face reality in the valley. So, watch this Jesus comes up, he, he transfigures himself on the mountain. The disciples are with him, that means they see and experience all this. As soon as Jesus gets down from the mountain, And into the valley, prophetically speaking, he has to deal with the demonic and unbelief immediately. Welcome to the valley. Welcome to earth. Look at Mark chapter 9. I'm going to read it to you so you know. Right? I want you to know the season. Everybody say the season. The first thing that God showed Ezekiel is the season. What season are you in in your walk with God? Are you in a valley season? Are you in a mountain season? What what season are we as a nation of America? What season are we? What season are we in, in the world? You must discern what season we are in so we can have the proper urgency. Yeah. So many Christians lack urgency. And, and it's because of the condition of the bones, which I'm going to tell you in a second, right? It's because of the condition. We're talking about season first. I'm going to talk about condition next, right? Look at Mark chapter 9. Are you getting something this morning? Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, John, look this way, and led them on a high mountain apart by themselves. Oh, what an experience. What an experience. And he was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining exceedingly white like snow, such as no launderer on earth has ever whitened them before. And Elijah appeared to them and Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered, <laughs> good old Peter, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, because he did not know what to say, <laughs> for they were greatly afraid. <laughs> this is an encounter with God, and they're like, maybe we can have three tabernacles, one for you, Moses, and Elijah. This is the... This is, Watch this. And a cloud came and overshadowed them. And a voice came and, uh, 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 of a cloud saying, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Suddenly when they had looked around, they saw no one anymore but only Jesus themselves. Pause before I continue. Has anyone ever had this experience in their life? Wait. Okay. Mountaintop. Glory. Presence. Jesus speaking. Affirming. And you are there in the room. Right? It's so easy to follow God, guys, in those seasons. So easy. So, so easy. Watch this. Now when they came down. Everybody say came down. He commanded them. They shouldn't say anything. Jump to verse 14 real quick. Jump to verse 14. Watch this. And we came down. (laughs) He came to his disciples and saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing. They just had this experience. Now they're in the valley, right? They're on the ground. They were disputing immediately when they saw Jesus. All the people were greatly amazed. And they came running to him, greeted him. And he asked them, what are you discussing? Then one of the crowd answered, teacher, I brought, you, I brought you a son. He has a mute spirit. That's a demonic spirit. Watch this. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth and it becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out. But they could not. Now look at how, look at how Jesus addresses this. All right. And he answered them and said, hey, it's so funny. He didn't say, I bendito, it's okay. Everything's going to be all right. Just give them a break, you know, they're just kind of, no. He said, oh, faithless generation, how long will I sh- sh- shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And then the rest you know the story. He went from the mountaintop, and immediately when he went to the ba- valley, he dealt with the demonic and unbelief. In the valley, sometimes you're going to deal with unbelief, when you're experiencing valley seasons in your life, and you keep believing and believing, you're going to have to fight unbelief. Take that and put it on your calendar. This is this is uh, you're going to battle. This may mean that you're going to give into it, but you will feel the pressures of unbelief when you are in a season of a valley and you're believing and believing and believing, and nothing happens. Guess what? And then there's a demonic realm because the the Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. So while you're in the valley, he starts speaking to you. God is not hearing you. God is not going to move. God is not going to move on your behalf. You're low and you have to know the season that you're in. So you could address it with the word of the Lord. Come on, say amen. That's the season. The second thing that God showed Ezekiel were bones. Everybody say bones. Now the first thing, we think that the first thing that God showed Ezekiel about the bones were dry bones because we read that all the time. And it wasn't dry bones first. He said, and they were scattered. Everybody say scattered. Come on. The first thing he shows was the valley, which is, which is a season. The second thing he shows him was the bones. And that was the, the, the second slide. The bones refer to the, listen, the condition of the nation or the condition of the people of God. The season was the valley. The bones are the condition. Now watch. He just didn't show him bones. There was was three things that God revealed to Ezekiel when he was in the valley about the bones. Are you ready? I've read this many times. There's three things. Everybody say three things. That God revealed to Ezekiel about the bones that we need to realize for our life. Number one, he revealed these bones were scattered everywhere. I'm going to explain what that means in just a minute. They were completely dried out, completely dried out, the New Living Translation says. And number three, the Bible says in verse 11 that the interpretation of the bones were actually the people of God. So they were separated, scattered, divisive, divided, right? Not in unity. They were dried out. And God says, these bones are the people of God. Hear, hear me now. Hear me now. This speaks prophetically when it comes to scatter. It means that there was a sense of separation in the people of God. God, li- listen to me. God said, I want to show you the condition now of my people. I'm going to first show you the season. It's a valley. But then I want to look, look harder look harder. And I want to show you the condition of my people. They're scattered. Watch this. They're divisive. They're not together. They're in unity. One of them, can can I be real? You're going to throw stones at me. The church is divided today over mask or no mask. I know you're going to get mad at me, but I love you. We diss our brothers and sisters because we have such a high conviction of mask or such a high uh, conviction of no masks. And we are divided in the body of Christ, in the body of Christ. I'm not even talking about our nation. We're divided because we're saying, oh, oh, here, oh, oh, boy, oh. Oh, this is just come, this is free, this is not in my notes. Boy, I'm going to get in trouble on this one. Okay, so 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 he comes and he says, they're separated. They're separated, they're scattered. You know another thing that's scattering the, 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 the church? Causing name calling on the church. Name, yep. One has a vaccine and one doesn't. What one, one One says, I want to have the vaccine. Oh, that's the mark of the beast if you do the vaccine. Oh, you, how can you do that? How can you do that? How can you, and There's another camp that says, how, uh, I will never have that vaccine. Listen, that's your own personal conviction. But it should not allow division in the body of Christ. It should not. Stick to your convictions. I know I'm going to get in trouble. It's okay. It's all right. But the condition of the church Is not how it's supposed to be. We're more divided sometimes than we are unified. And I'm going to hear. I'm going to say this to you. Listen. There's a. a, a, This speaks of uh, some dysfunction. When God shows, when God showed Ezekiel separated, scattered bones. It speaks of dysfunction and disorder. You say, how is it dysfunctional? Because bones of a real human body are not meant to be apart. They're meant to be together. The toe bone's connected to the ankle bone, foot bone. The foot bone's connected to the ankle bone. The ankle bone's connected to the leg bone. Da, 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 da. I don't know the rest of the words. <laughs> Healthy bones. Look at, this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Look at the screen, look at the screen. Healthy bones of a human body are all connected to each other. Yeah. Woo! Woo! They are in unity with each other. That's why when God says, I want you to see scattered bones, it wasn't normal. The people of God were scattered. You know how there's a lot of disunity in the body of Christ today? Because we are, I'm just going to say we're prideful to think that we know it all. Well, I don't like that preacher, so I don't want like listen to the word. I don't like the, his style. I don't like her style. I, and we are so divided. Listen, you are, stop thinking that you are the end all revelation of interpretation of the body of Christ, of revelation of the word, of denominations. Stop thinking that you are all that. If it doesn't fit your style, oh, I'm out of here. How can we be in unity if we're so petty with these little things? We're so divided. Oh, I can't receive because I don't can't receive from him. Why can't you receive from me? Ask yourself that question. Why can't you receive from me? You know why? Because there's some disunity in you. There's something that you may not agree that's caused a division, schism. Family members divided. We're we are scattered. Scattered. Bones are scattered. Listen, listen. I want you to see this. Look at the sc- look at the screen. The power of the Holy Spirit and a greater degree of healing comes when there is biblical unity among God's people. I'm going to say that again. The power of the Holy Spirit and greater degree of healing comes when there is biblical unity among the people. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to sound this off real quick. Just to give you the scriptures. It's going to be on the screen. Acts chapter 2. You know this story. Chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Watch this. On the day of Pentecost, all the... Come on, say all the believers. It's not some of the believers. Say all the believers. were meeting together. Not divided. Not scattered. Not grumpy with one another. Not... Not, not, not a, a saying, like, I'm not going to forgive, I'm not going to do that. You know, here's the thing about disunity and division. It, it really is rooted in pride and hurt, right? Because most people are saying, he was wrong, she was wrong, and I'm not going to move until they admit that they are wrong. Man, if Jesus waited for us to admit that we were wrong, we would never have salvation. Could you imagine Jesus on the cross saying, I ain't going to forgive them. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Are you going to, are you going to recognize that I'm the son of God? Well, I ain't going to forgive you then. You know what Jesus did? Without, without waiting for them to get that revelation, he goes, Father, forgive them that they don't know what they're doing. I'm going I'm to go ahead and take care of this right now, Lord. I'm not going to, whoo, I ain't going to wait for them to come to me. I'm going to say it right now, even though I'm totally innocent. I forgive them. You want unity? It starts with forgiveness. Starts with humility. Listen, we're all hurt, but we all got a story. Don't think that your story is the only unique story in the whole world. That get, that makes you exempt from forgiveness and humility. Look at this; they're all together. Where? 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 In a Honda? No, in one Accord. Listen! Listen! They're all together. Say together. Say together. Watch this. In one accord. That word, one accord, means they all had everything in common. Listen, you don't have to like people's personality, but you still need to be unified. You can't cause anything in your mind to be divisive. Because, listen, listen, the house divided cannot stand. A house divided cannot stand. A church divided cannot stand. A nation divided cannot stand. A local church divided cannot stand. Listen, it was, watch this, watch this. Do you notice the timing of when the Holy Spirit came? It's like the Holy Spirit waited till everyone was in unity. And then he goes, now it's time. (sighs) The Bible says that they were together in one accord. Then suddenly came a wind, sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind. Guys, don't think that was coincidence. That is actually on purpose. The Lord waited for unity to happen. Then the Holy Spirit came. How about Psalm 133? Look at this famous famous scripture. Look at, look, look, look at it. But I, I want you to read it. I want you to read it as you're reading it for the first time. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for a brethren to dwell together in unity. What's the next verse? It is like the oil. Do you know what oil is symbolic of in the Bible? The anointing. If you look, 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 prove me wrong if you can. If you flip versions, actually, I didn't tell you this, Joanne, but if you could put that same verse in the NLT. Look in the NLT. Look what it says about oil. It describes something specific. Remember I told you about the Holy Spirit and healing is more powerful when there's unity? Watch this. Look in the NLT. In the NLT, that same verse. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. Watch this. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil. Everyone wants the anointing. But we can't have the anointing if we're purposely divided. We cannot have a full anointing of the power of the Holy Spirit if we're on purpose choosing not to forgive. If we're on purpose choosing not to, do, uh, not to heal broken relationships. Pursue peace. Peace. With all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. But right before that, the Bible says in Hebrews 12, he says, heal the, the, the knees and the arms and the dislocated so you could be healed. We need to strive for unity and and listen. And address the hurt that has caused disunity and address the pride in our life that's causing division. Pride and hurt are the recipe for you to live in isolation and separation and not in unity with your brothers and sisters in Christ. I got a news flash for you. It is not God's will for you to live separate from the body of Christ. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen this morning. <laughs> so watch this. The first thing God shows Ezekiel is the season. Everybody say the season. That means the valley. The second thing that God shows Ezekiel is separated, scattered bones. Can we be honest with ourselves? Do you feel that we're more united as a body of Christ? Or do you feel like we're more divisive as a body of Christ? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. What are those thoughts going in your head about, uh, even about certain people? That's divisive. You can't have power. And you know what, can I just be honest, the devil is nowhere near that. We blame the devil for everything. It's us that is causing the division and we cannot have strength when we're divided. We may have different affiliations of politics. We may have different uh, 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 standards when it comes to mask or normal mask or vaccination. But let me tell you, before we're all that, we are people of God. Before we're Americans, we're children of God. Come on, before we are any uh, a denomination... Whether we're pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, we're people of God. I remember years ago, I was at a gas station and my, my mentor at that time, I was not in leadership. And my mentor, we were in a gas station. I'll never forget this. And we were going to Benny Hinn's ministry at that time. And, you know, Be- Benny Hinn's ministry at that time, you know, was very controversial because it's like the power of God healing. And, and nobody really understood that. So we were at a gas station. I'll never forget. And, and this, you know, the old Miami George wanted to come out. But my mentor was like, no, don't, don't, don't do that, right. And so there was, a, there was this guy. He's like, hey, are you guys go to that, that, that place that place across the street, that Benny Hang guy, that healing guy, and you know, that, that's all fake. You guys believe in speaking in tongues? And and my, my mentor at that time said, yes we do, we, we believe in speaking in tongues. Oh, that's all from the devil. And he was a he was a Baptist brother. Right? Like, oh, that's from the devil, all that. And I was ready to say, hey, listen, 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 listen. This is, this is real. I was ready to defend it. And he's like, no, no, no. He, and he goes, he goes, sir, can I tell you something? Can I ask you something? The way he handled it was so awesome. He goes, you may not believe in this. And he was, they were, they were getting like, like, like they were treating us like we were sinners. And like we were a cult, right? And so my mentor said, my mentor said, um, do you believe John chapter 14? He goes, Jesus is the way. The truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Do you believe that? He goes, Yes, I do that. And he shook his hand, he reached out, he goes, Then we believe and agree on 90% of the gospel. He goes, Let's focus on that because all those other things are not requirements to get to heaven or not. But Jesus is a requirement. Jesus is a requirement. Whether you believe in speaking in tongues or healing or robo show or not, or, or what time the rapture happens, it doesn't matter. But if we can agree that without Jesus, no one comes to the Father, we're all the same team. And you got people, and again, this is not in my notes, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this because it's on me, right. So divisive in the body of Christ. We got people like, like Brother MacArthur who's dissing women preachers. And he's in conferences and I see thousands of people laughing, literally laughing, mocking the charismatic movement. We're all brothers and sisters in the Lord. What would happen if we actually got together? My God. The enemy will start going diarrhea if we start getting together. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If, if I go in the hood by myself, you know, hey, there's a little, there's a little, there maybe a little fear about that if I go in the hood by myself. But if I got all y'all with me, hey, 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 hey. I'll be like, what's up now? What's up now? I got Nelson. I got Lou. I got, ain't no problem now. I got the Castillos, no problem. We could do more damage when we're together than we are divided. Let's stop complaining about our petty philosophies. And let's stop the scattered bones. And let's come together under what banner of the name of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Now I'm not just talking about... Now, now, let me just say this. The second, the, the 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 third thing that that Ezekiel addressed were not only scattered bones. Now here's where I'm gonna land. It was severely and completely dried out bones. Now, hear me now. The Bible in the NLT says completely dried out bones. I'm gonna read it word for word. It was severely and completely dried out. Now, I read this scripture for a lot of times, so I decided, I was like, you know what, I want to read some medical. Listen, the Lord, the Lord led me to some medical studies on the last thing. I, it, it took me forever to, to Google it and to search it out. But I finally searched out and I typed out, what is the last thing to go in the body in the life? Right? In other words, after someone dies, there's things that for days are still have life in them. What is it? And you know what it was? Bones. Ye, days after someone dies, the blood starts coagulating and and rigor mortis starts setting in. But the, the, the scientists and medical professionals say that the bones are the last thing to dry out of blood because the blood is deep in the marrow and deep in the bone. So, several days, I'm getting somewhere, after someone dies, several days, that's when the blood and the life goes out of, of the bones. In other words, in other words, when a bones are severely dried out, it's because it's been lifeless for a very long time. So for bones to be severely dried out, that means has had it, be, it been lifeless for not just a couple of days, not for a couple of weeks. For a very long time. Are you ready for this? Look at this next point. Put it up there, Joanne. Let that gangster slap hit him. When we are severely dried out in our spiritual walk with the Lord, it's because we've been lifeless for a long time. I'm not talking about a dry season. I'm not talking about that because some of us are going through dry season. I am not talking about a dry season in our walk with God. I'm talking about being lifeless in our relationship with Jesus for a long time that is producing a permanent spiritual dryness in our lives. Now, I'm going to close with something powerful because this is prophetically symbolic for our lives, but it's also symbolic for the body of Christ, I believe, in this season. There are people that have become lifeless for a long time and they are completely dry. With no oil, no presence, no desire for God. And these bones that were scattered and dried out, here's the here's the here's the hard part. There were once a thriving army. There were once a thriving people that through tribulation and trials, they got severely lifeless and dried out. I'm gonna end this message by sharing five main things that are signs. Everybody say signs. Put that up there, that slide up there. Signs that we are having in our walk with God, dry bones spiritually in our walk with God. So there's the valley, it's a season. There is the the scattered bones, which is speaking of division, conflict, disunity, division. And then there's dry bones. Some spiritual signs, are you ready? You're going to shout on this one. So I'm going to give you signs, and I want you to be honest with yourself. Don't be like, oh, that's not me. That's not me. None of them are me. No, no, no. I want you to be honest with yourself. If you, if some of these signs are repeatedly happening in your life, be aware that you're developing dry bones spiritually. Are you ready? The first sign that you're developing dry bones, put that up there, is when there's little to no desire for the reading and hearing of the word of God. I want you to listen to me very well. I don't care how educated you are. I don't even care how long you've been serving the Lord. Sometimes people miss the revelation of where they're at because they tag how how much history they've been walking with the Lord. Well, brother, I don't really need to know that because I've been walking with the Lord 20 years. Yeah, you've been lifeless for the last five years. It don't matter if you've been walking with the Lord 20 years and you could wrote, quote scripture better than me. See, that's another thing. People, I know they could quote scriptures, they could teach better than me, but that doesn't mean they have life in them. That doesn't mean that they have fresh oil in them. They just have intellect. And you could always think and, and, and you could always deceive yourself with your intellect. Come on, sir. Come on, ma'am. You know what I'm talking about. Some of the hardest people to reach are people that have been walking with the Lord for several years because they don't want to admit that they have been dry bones. Why? Here's a sign that you are having dry bone symptoms spiritually. When you are agitated to sit in a service and hear the word of God and it bothers you. And listen, listen. And spiritual conversations begin to bore you. You're, that's a sign. When you used to have just casual, with your friends at coffee, you don't got to force me to talk about God. You don't got to be like, hey, listen, we've gone two days without talking about Jesus. We need to plug in a little conversation in there. If it bores you and if you lose interest in spiritual conversations with your friends and brothers, just casual, it should be an overflow of what's happening in your life. Me, me, me and my friend Stephen, we were in the mountains. And listen, we didn't have any agenda. We are like, hey, today at 5 o'clock we're going to do this. No, 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 no. It, it was funny because we were just talking. And listen, yeah, we went on excursions and we went on bikes, bike riding and we l- act like little kids. But we needed that, right? But we had several hours. Where we were by ourselves and we were staring at the mountains and we were weeping at the presence of God. And every conversation, I'm telling you, every conversation we had, about every five minutes it was about something about God, about the Lord, about what was happening. Listen, when you, here's a sign that you're developing dry bones. When the word of God, you stop having desire to hear it, and you have to stop a desire to read it. When you lose, oh, I just don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. Stop fooling yourself. It's not okay. Do something about it. Now. And we remember, we were, in, we were uh, uh, you know, it was just a casual conversation. This wasn't in my notes. Half of the things I'm saying are in my notes, but it's Okay. I'm just I'm sitting down on this couch and we were you know, uh, putting on old Fred Hammond. Come on, shakalaba. <laughs> How many you remember Fred Hammond? Let's see. see. Fred Hammond got me through some dark days when I was younger, and then he started introducing some songs I never. I mean, I know I some songs, but there's some songs that you know I never heard. So we were just in the couch. You know, here's another thing: when you're when when you when you are dried out spiritually. Oh, it will be awkward to have these spiritual conversations. Have you ever been in a family gathering and you're kind of being dried out? Watch this. You don't, you don't know it. Or maybe you do. You're being dried out and you walk with God. And all of a sudden an old person that you used to know that used to be on fire starts talking to you about the things of God and you start getting embarrassed. You start getting embarrassed. Why? Because you don't want to hear that anymore. That's not you anymore. That's not. Uh, you used to be on fire. And it's a sad state when a spiritual conversation is a burden for you. I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about sports. Let's talk about. And, and so we were in the couch and we he, would, he were just doing his thing. I was reading and all of a sudden this song came by Fred Hammond and I broke I mean I was like, like a baby. He's like, are you okay? I was just bent over and you was just singing and I I, mean, I never heard it before. But there was a, in the middle of it. It said um it was quoting Psalm forty six. Our God is our refuge and our strength, a very very present help in time of trouble. And he, and, and it was like our God is my refuge and my strength. A very present help in times of trouble, and it kept and it kept going. He kept going. Our God is my refuge. And I'm just like you know doing my thing. All of a sudden, about the fourth or fifth time that that said, a very present help in times of trouble, I just I just bent over and it started weeping, and weeping. And weeping, and I kept singing that. And I took it, I said, you need to, I need to download that song. And I went to the mountains. Our God is my refuge and my strength. A very present help in times of trouble. Over and over and over again. When you have the word in you, it's not a burden to talk about God. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. I want you to write this down. It's the word of God that brings the fire of God into your spirit. I'm going to tell you, there's other things, yes, there's other things, but biblically, there's nothing more that brings the fire of God into your spirit than the word of God. That's why a sign that you are developing dry bones spiritually is when you have no desire for the word, or hearing the word, or or studying the word. Listen to me, watch what the Bible says, I'm going to prove it to you, Jeremiah chapter 23, look at it, Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 29, are you ready? Look what it says in NLT, it's up on the screens, does not, come on, say my word. Burn like fire. You want fire back in your walk with God? Start developing a desire for the word of God. If you you are antsy in this room while I'm preaching, you can't wait to get out. My friend, it's a sign that you've become dull. Mike Bickle said about prayer, but I can say this about the word he said the prayer room is a torture chamber for those who have a dull spirit. I to I to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase that about the word of God. Sitting in a service hearing the word of God is a torture chamber for some of you. And you're only here because your family's here. And you're only here Because you feel like you have a duty, and I'm not knocking off your attempt and your your attempt to be here. Uh, That's not what I'm knocking. But don't fool yourself. Just because you're here doesn't mean you're getting anything. You could sit in a room for an hour and never engage with God, but you could be sitting in a room with five minutes and fully engage with God, and it seems like two hours. Watch this. Jeremiah 20 verse 20 verse 9. We're going to get to the worship team in a second. Are you getting something? Is this hitting you? Look at this. Look at verse tw- verse 9, look at verse chapter 20. Jeremiah said, if I, if I say I'll never mention the Lord again or speak in his name. What, 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 what does it say? His word burns, burns, burns. His word burns in my heart like a fire. It is like a fire shut up in my bones. You know it's good when you got that bobblehead, you know. When you, that, when you got that bobblehead fire shut up in my bones. The prophet said, you know what, I tried to go away from not speaking the word, but I got too much of the word in me and it's like a boiling pot that is about to erupt and I can't withhold it anymore. Do you want a burning heart? Have a desire for the word again. Listen, listen, even if it pains you, sit through it. Get the word of God in you. Come on, say amen. Remember Jesus when he was resurrected and he was on the road to Emmaus? Listen, the Bible says that the disciples didn't say our hearts were burning when he was eating with them. He didn't say the hearts were burning when he was walking with them. It says our hearts, he eat, ate breakfast with them, ate food. He was resurrected. They didn't know. He was talking with them. Oh, my God. He was talking with them. And when he disappeared, he said, they said to one another, did not our hearts burn? When what? When what? When he was walking with them, when he was eating with them, when he spoke with us. What is one of the names of Jesus? Come on, what is one of the names? The Word of God. In the beginning oh, was the Word. And the Word was with God. And was God. And without him nothing was made that was made. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the Word. A sign that you are having dry bones. In your spiritual walk is when you honestly can take an honest evaluation of yourself. Do I love the word of God? Do I love hearing the word of God? Do I want to hear the word of God? Or is it just like, eh? Well, if it's eh, don't be happy about that. Be afraid of that. I said be afraid of that. You're not in a good state spiritually if it's eh. You can have the form of godliness and deny the power. And the Bible says from such people turn away. Preach that gospel, PG. I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> number two, number two. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, it's Mother's Day. So I have to, uh, fast. Number two, a second sign of dry bones. Put it up there. Uh, that you're developing dry bones when your conviction level has drastically dropped from what it used to be when you were on fire for God. A sign that you're developing dry bones completely, remember what I said, when bones are dry, that means they've been lifeless for a long time. So when you've been lifeless in your relationship with God for a long time, guess one of the first thing that goes out the window, your conviction level. So guess what? When, you're, when your conviction level drops, listen, drastically from what it used to be, you're on fire for God, listen, stop making excuses, own up to it right now in your own, in, in your own self. That means you're developing spiritually dry bones. All right? Because when you begin to rationalize and tolerate sin and rebellion in your life, you've become a dry bone believer. I'll just keep on going with that. That's number two. Number three, the third sign. If you have the worship team come up here, please. I'll be through. Oh, I feel the Lord. How many feel the Lord in this? The third sign that we may be developing dry bone Christianity is when godly, listen, this may sound youthy, but it's not for youth only. When godly friendships and spiritual community no longer interest you and no longer a part of your life anymore. Do you know that I've seen people that I used to know, that they used to walk with God, and then uh, I see them five years later and their friendships have totally, their inner circle has totally changed. They no longer desire godly friendships. You know why? Because they're so far away from God that they don't want to be exposed of their hypocrisy. So so they surround themselves with people that make them feel good and not tell them the truth. I've always used to say to people, be afraid when someone says, don't tell Pastor George this. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What, what does your spiritual leader have? What, what threat does your... Do you have in your life that you don't want to say anything? That means there's something wrong. Now watch this. Every Latino or Latina in here has has had that one grandma that says the same thing throughout all generations, and you need to help me because I don't know. Okay, say that. For you non-speaking, Spanish-speaking people, that means tell me who you're hanging out with and I'll tell you who you are. Listen, 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 listen. There's a difference between witnessing to the world than becoming like the world or having friends like the world. A sign, everybody say a sign, that you're slowly drifting to dry bone Christianity is the friends you choose. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Because I want to witness to people. But my inner circle is all men and women of God. If my inner circle were people that could not say, quote, one scripture, guess what I'm choosing subliminally to say? I don't want to hear the truth. I want this. Your inner circle is who you really are. So when I see people, Christians posting on Instagram, curse words and and I see Instagram you know, people uh, that are church people, that are Christian people, and they're and they're living opposite lives with their friendships. I'm saying that's just a cover-up. Then what I see in church that that's the real person right there. Look, 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 look. Oh God, oh God. First Corinthians fifteen thirty-three. Don't be fooled. Come on, turn to someone and say, "Don't be fooled." Come on, turn to someone and say, "Don't be fooled." Look at this. Put it up there. Put it up there, team. Put it up there. 1 First, First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good. That's not PG saying that. That's the Bible saying that. Don't be fooled. Bad company, my best friend, we will do something about your inner circle then. Jesus had 70. He had twelve, then he had three, and those three were John, Peter, and James that he transformed. Who's your inner circle? It will say a lot about your. I, I'm gonna tell you I, and again. That's not in my notes, but I'm gonna tell you right now. If your top three best friends have nothing to do, they may be great people, but they if they if they can't lift you up spiritually, if they can't quote scriptures, if they can't if they, if they can't have a conversation about Jesus with you, then you just reveal where you are really at spiritually. don't be fooled bad company corrupts good character the first chapter of the first psalm of the first verse of, psalm, of the book of psalms. You can't, you can't get any first than that chapter 1, psalm 1, verse 1 blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly nor in the path of sinners. Oh, you said sinners, we're supposed to love the sinners. Absolutely we're supposed to love the sinners. But we're not going to be in bed with the sinners. We're not, we're, we're not called to be, listen, intimate. Why, why would in the New Testament, why would the New Testament say come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord? I'm not, I'm not talking about uh, elitism. I'm not talking about that. And I'm not talking about this prideful elitism that, that says I am Christian and you are not. No. I'm talking about who is your inner circle of brothers and friends. Come on, let that convict you. If that's convicting you, that's a good thing. Some of you need to pray. Because you may not know that you're slipping into dry bones. Because the friends, watch this, I'm going to say this, that you're choosing, whether it's youth or adults, are going to influence you in 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 a certain way. You know the word anointing means rub or smear? Smear. If you want an anointing, a negative anointing, you'll smear with people that have negativity. But if you want a, an anointing of the Holy Spirit, be around people that will rub you into godliness. Come on. Rub you into holiness. That's called accountability. One of the first signs, and I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to tell you this, one of the first signs that you're developing dry bones is that when you purposely choose friends that you know are not going to keep you accountable to the things of God. Think about what I'm just saying. I don't want that person because they're going to tell me the truth. No I don't want that anymore. I used to want that person but I want someone that I want someone to goes to the club every now and then and gets drunk. you know what I kind I kind of want, want that in my life. you know I, I want someone that curses every now and then because you know what I just don't, I'm, I'm tired of pretending. So around my friends they don't expect anything different because that's who they are. Everybody say friends. Everybody say godly friends. That's, what's, that's a mark of an on-fire on believer. Godly friends. I'm talking, is it? I don't even want to touch the other things because it seems legalistic, but I'm talking about godly influences as well. Not just godly friends. Again, this I was a youth pastor for 17 years and this sounds really youthy. But it, I, I, I've seen so many adults fail this. It also, it also includes what you read. It also includes what you listen to. It also includes what you watch. I'm, I'm almost done. Number four. Four sound. I'm almost done. When you're calling your calling or assignment from God becomes more of an unenthusiastic burden instead of a delight. I know your calling is hard, and I know your assignment is hard from God. I know. There's a price to pay. I know. I'm paying a price. But people who truly have and receive an authentic call and and, and assignment from God, you will initially have a joy to fulfill it. A sign that you're getting a dry bone spiritually, and when you have an unenthusiastic desire, it's a heavy, it's an undesirable desire for the call of God in your life. Hey, if that's what you're feeling, I'm going to lovingly say, that's not okay. Watch out. Because the next step is you backsliding. Jonah didn't want, want it, and he went the opposite direction. And God had to prepare a fish to swallow him, and then he came back. He didn't want to do his calling. And then lastly, a sign that we're becoming dry bones. Christian is when prayer and worship no longer excites you and no longer a desire in you. Do you realize that when we sit at church, these are more than just words on a screen. If I could get touched while I'm kind of busy and I hear Psalm 46 in a song and all of a sudden, we've lost the the moment of singing a song and allowing God to touch us. We've lost the moment of, because here's what we do. Uh, We see a song and we're. We go through the motions even at church. Why not say, wait a minute. I'm going to really engage in this song right here. I'm going to worship because I'm excited about the Lord. When prayer or worship no longer excites you, you're on your way to a dry bone Christian. Do you know that doesn't it have to be singers also. You know that Mary, Mary sang a song. Mary sang a song when she, the angel of the Lord came to her. So people that were in the, in the Bible, they loved worship and they loved prayer. Every man and woman of God that God used loved worship and prayer. If any of these are signs in your life right now, that means you've become a little dry and God is saying something. Here's the good news. He's The good news is God doesn't leave you in the valley. The good news is that God doesn't leave you scattered. The good news is that God doesn't leave you dried out. You know what he said to Ezekiel? He goes, they're in a valley season. They're scattered and they're dry out. But I'm not going to leave it that way. You prophesy, not me. You prophesy the breath of God in them. And when you do, you're going to start seeing snap, 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 snap. And, And tissues and muscles and blood and breath come back into them to stand as an army of God again. And I'll end it with this. Sometimes in your dry season, you will have nobody to encourage you. And you got to learn how to prophesy over your own self. Oh! There will be times where Pastor George is not going to text you. There will be times with Keith and and Joanne and Enrique and some of your friends, they're going to be on vacation. And you can't wait for someone to encourage you sometimes. Sometimes you got to look at that valley of the dry bones that you're in and say, bones, you shall live. Family, I'm prophesying to you. Health, I'm prophesying to you my finances, I know that nobody is encouraging me. Marriage, I know that no one is counseling me, but marriage, you shall come together again. We need to learn how to prophesy the word of the Lord over our situation and you'll get out of the valley. Come on, stand up. Stand up before the Lord. Come on. I'm going to I'm going to close right now. I'm going to close There it goes. It happens every Sunday. It's okay. I want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to dismiss. I want you to lift up your hands and close your eyes all over this room. And I want you to make an honest evaluation of yourself. What season are you in? Honest evaluation. If God were to take you in the spirit like he took Ezekiel He says, hey, Are you in a valley season in your marriage? Are you in a valley season in your walk with God? Are you in a valley season in your finances? Are you in a valley season in your relationships? Then here's the word of the Lord for you. Do you fall in any of the category of the signs that were given? The lack of desire of the word. The lack of desire for spiritual communication and friendship? A lack of desire for reading and hearing the word. A lack of desire for your convictions. A lack of desire for prayer and worship. Has that been a reality in you for a long time Then God says, prophesy over your situation. But allow yourself to change. Allow yourself to repent. Allow yourself to say, I'm not okay with this season. Because God wants to breathe life back into you again. But we must be people that embrace the season that we're in and begin to do something about it. Come on. Embrace the season and do something about it. Sons of Issachar, they knew the times and season to know what to do. To know what to do. To know what to do. So right now, I want you to lift up your hands. Right now, before we dismiss. We're going to end this season of the dry bones. It's not okay. Come on. Come on. Overflow, Jesus. Come on. Come on. If you're lacking desire of the Word of God, ask the Lord to give you a fresh desire for the Word. If you're lacking desire for worship, humble yourself and say, God, I'm in a dry season. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.